Welcome to What's Working in Washington. I'm Jonathan Aberman. Today, using keystrokes to fight identity theft. In my spare time, I'm a musician. And one of the things that musicians can do is recognize each other by the way they play. Um, you can hear a guitar riff and you can say, ah, oh, I know who that is. And basically the technology is derived from that. The issue of internet security is often in the front page newspaper. Hacks at Yahoo and other places remind us on a daily basis that our identity could be compromised if our companies that we give our information to aren't careful. There's a new technology that's arisen here in the D.C. region that's been put forward by a company called Intensity Analytics. We're now joined by Beth Ann Rome, one of the founders and COO of Intensity, to talk about this exciting new technology. Well, we want to know how is Intensity addressing this problem of people stealing identities and getting at our information? We are aimed specifically at the problem of stolen credentials. But well over half of all data breaches can be traced back to stolen credentials. Yet people continue to choose passwords that are common, weak, easy to remember. So we targeted our solution exactly to that problem. And what it is, is that it recognizes you by the way that you behave. You can think of it as a gesture. You can think of it as a behavior that you perform on a keyboard. Teaching a computer to listen and recognize those um, human hallmarks, we can recognize you. And therefore, we can authenticate you. So if I'm silly enough to use as my password, password, with your technology, how I type password will actually be demonstrably attributable just to me. Yes. So, so anybody who uses your technology to manage access now has an additional level of protection that doesn't require them to scan a retina or do a fingerprint or all these other crazy things that people are supposedly going to do. That's right. Um, it doesn't require you to do anything different. It doesn't require you to give up any more information about yourself that you would rather not share. Other inf That information, and I say rather not share because that becomes other information that can be used to identify you in the real world, such as fingerprints. And maybe you don't want to give up your fingerprints, or maybe you don't want your eye to be scanned every day, a couple times a day, for access to a building, only to find out later that there was some reason why that wasn't a good idea. Now, I assume that something <laughs> like this, uh, there's a lot of skepticism. Billions of dollars have been put into uh, biometrics right now, and you're talking about doing something that's fundamentally pretty simple. What are you having to do in order to uh, demonstrate this is real and not just a hypothetical? Um, well, there are, two, there are two questions in that. Um, the can demonstrate that simply by showing you that your behavior is uh, uniquely yours. Um, and it's commonplace to sign a document and compare signatures. There's a science all around the looking at a signature and determining whether it's yours or not. And so we have some confidence in that, not we as a company, but we as uh, just individuals. Um, it turns out that the things that you do are distinctly yours and yet never the same. And that's been the problem in our area of technology. How can I recognize that it's Jonathan, even though Jonathan is never the same two days in a row? Mm -hmm. um, so we can demonstrate that by having you sit down, build a, a library of behaviors, um, and then show you that it works. Your startup's also an example of how proximity to the federal government can be a real advantage. My understanding is that this technology is actually being used now in the national security establishment to make sure that important stuff isn't walking out the door. 
That's correct. It's being used in two ways. One of the ways is to secure the endpoint, so it provides second-factor authentication of those entering the network. And then uh, while you are working, it simply listens to make certain that everything you do is still conforming to you. And if it doesn't, it can set out an alarm and say, that's not Jonathan. Somebody else is sitting at his computer. Somebody else wrote that document that is attributed to him. So this sounds pretty important and also pretty simple to deploy. Uh, now, how did you come to this? You know, you've been an entrepreneur for a while. Why'd you pick this problem to solve? <laughs> the long and winding road that leads to this door? We all have stories as entrepreneurs. Yes. What's yours? Um, well, in my spare time, I'm a musician. And one of the things that musicians can do is recognize each other by the way they play. Um, you can hear a guitar riff and you can say, ah, I know who that is. Hmm. And Basically, the technology is derived from that, is if I can listen and I can recognize, even over a course of many years of not maybe encountering that person and yet hear that music and say, I know who that is, then a computer can be programmed to pick up those same cues and make that same determination. That's really interesting to me. I, I was not the, That was not the answer I expected, uh, but that's what makes this fun uh, to do. Many entrepreneurs are driven by personal experiences. And uh, how have you found, you know, your life experience being a woman entrepreneur, being in software? You know, we read a lot uh, about Silicon Valley and the bro culture. And, you know, what what is it actually like? It's all true. Is it all true? <laughs> it's all true. So how do you fight against it well, if you're an intelligent human being and you have something to contribute? Um, everybody has to find their own road. Um but how I do it is by finding a, a task or a niche where um, guys don't really want to be. And I work in that. And that has sustained me throughout my career. So, for example, if reading the manual is something that guys don't want to do, then I read all the manuals. If working with clients is something that people would rather not do, they'd rather be in the ivory tower creating, then that's what I do. And I find it's very satisfying because there's not as many um, speed bumps on the road. So, in effect, what you do is you go where people are not and establish competence? Establish competence and um, uh, expertise. And once you've established that expertise, then you have um, something that you can contribute. And then you become valued for the contributions that you make. And then you can start knocking down those other assumptions that you know, girls don't know anything. <laughs> Which we know that <laughs> to be not true at all. Uh, as you look forward as uh, an entrepreneur, where do you think we're going to end up in the nation with respect to cybersecurity? Are people really taking this stuff seriously enough right now? Well, certainly some people are. Um, and then there are some people who have that job to do, and so they take it seriously because that's their their life's work. But I do think that everyone needs to become involved in it in the same way that once upon a time we didn't lock our front doors because no one would think of coming in and there was nobody out there that around that would come in. But now we do. And now not only do we have a lock, but we also probably have an alarm if we can afford one uh, because it's been proven to be necessary. And so I do think that everyone will become involved and become part of it also. We're starting to feel the real costs of this. And uh, even if uh, 
you somebody steals your credentials and they break into your bank account and you find out about that and all of that gets restored to you. There's Beth Ann Rome, founder and CEO of Intense Analytics with a new way to solve a really big problem. Thanks. Hope you enjoyed this podcast. Tracy Madigan, our producer, and I really enjoyed putting it together. And it's just another great example of where we're finding more and more people coming our way to share their great stories. So don't forget to reach out to us directly on Twitter at, at What's Working DC or find us through LinkedIn. But most importantly, spread the word about this show. It's having an effect. People are excited. And more importantly, we're pushing back on the notion that the only thing that happens in Washington is politics. And a special thanks to our sponsor, Eagle Bank. How do you get to be number one in the D.C. area? Eagle Bank did it by putting relationships first. Flexible, involved, responsive, strong, and trusted. Eagle Bank's goal is your success. So we'll see you next time on What's Working in Washington. Goodbye. The Target USA podcast with your host, J.J. Green. Russia could render a huge harm to this country. North Korea's secret missile. That could touch the whole of the United States. ISIS. D.C. is repeatedly mentioned as someplace they would like to see an attack. This is J.J. Green. Join me each week for the latest on U.S. and international security on Target USA. The Target USA podcast. Find it on iTunes, the Podcast One app, podcastone.com, or at WTOP.com. Search Podcast DC.